Welcome to Good Hockey Talk here at 105.9 The X. I am Phil Bork, and I will be your host for the next half hour of good old-fashioned hockey talk. Welcome back to the show. It's been a blast reminiscing and talking to some of my old teammates and talking about this being the 30th anniversary of the first Stanley Cup for the Pittsburgh Penguins in 1991. May 25th, to be exact, will be the uh, anniversary. And a huge, and I mean huge, part of that 91 Stanley Cup was my special guest. So let's bring in number 40 in your program, number one in your heart, Penguins goaltender Frank Peterangelo. Hey, Frankie, how are you, buddy? Hey, Borky. Good to hear from you, buddy. Glad to, glad to be aboard. Fantastic, man. Hey, let's, uh, let's go back. Uh, growing up in Niagara Falls. First of all, Frankie, I mean, what was that like? I mean, it's I've been there plenty of times on vacation. Uh, you know, when I was playing junior in Kingston, we'd go there, and it still felt like vacation time, even though we were there to play a hockey game. But tell me what it was like growing up in Niagara Falls with all the hotels and all the, the hoopla around the falls and all the tourists that were in that town. Yeah, kind of a neat place, eh, Barky? You know, it- it's got a little bit of that tourism thing to it, obviously, because it is one of the seven wonders of the world, and uh, people come from all over the place, and, and so we kind of take it for granted. But no matter what, no matter how many times you drive by the falls and you see it, it's just it's a, such a spectacle, and, um, you know, it's kind of a cool place to grow up, to be honest with you. And the, the proximity was great, close to Buffalo, close to Toronto, and uh, uh, like I said, a neat place to grow up. Tell me about your childhood. Tell me about your mom and dad and your childhood and, and, and how did you get into hockey and maybe you can kind of elaborate a little bit on how you got into actually being a goaltender. Well, yeah, you know, not probably a, a typical um, Canadian boy growing up. My, my parents are both uh, born and raised in Italy and, and moved to Canada. And so, you know, I'm a first-generation uh, Canadian in our, in our family and so they didn't have a clue what hockey was. They they really didn't, you know, you see nowadays parents are pushing their kids into, into hockey or, or other sports. You know, there's so much money involved, obviously, that you really can't blame them. And, and uh, anyway, you know, I just did it because I, I loved playing hockey and had an older brother. Um, so obviously I was kind of forced to put on the pads and, <laughs> and take the beating with the ball. We play ball <laughs> hockey, more or less. And uh uh, but just kind of loved it. And I'll be honest with you, Borky, I was fascinated by goalie mass. So oh, yeah, I think the that's gear. the thing that really turned me on to being a goalie. Yeah, I, I've had Paul Coffey on the show, Bobby Erie on the show. And one thing I like to ask, and, and I'm kind of catching you off guard here a little bit, so I apologize for that. But, you know, and, and Paul Coffey had a great answer, really one that has stuck with me. And he said, I asked, I asked Coffey, I said, what's the best advice you ever got from your dad? And he said, you know, Borky, he said, my dad just looked me in the eye one time and said, Paul, I can't want it more than you want it. And I'll never forget that, man. I'm just wondering, is there anything, is there there's a lasting thought that you have from your, your dad and how he supported you? You said he wasn't really a hockey guy, but, you know, did he ever give you some great advice or is there a certain moment that is more memorable than others? Well, I, I think the biggest thing, my, you know, back when I was growing up, the respect for teachers and coaches and what have you, um, you know, it, it was it was tremendous. So the last thing I want to do is piss off my old man by, by doing something where, you know, the coach or the teacher would say, you know, Frank's just slacking off or Frank's, you know, whatever. My, my dad was a bricklayer by trade, worked his ass off all day and, and came home and brought me wherever I needed to go. And we didn't have a ton of money. So the big thing for him that he told me was, listen, nobody out works here. You work your ass off every day. You're at the, at the rank or in school or wherever and, and uh, have fun. And if you do that, then I got no problem taking you wherever you got to go. 
you get through youth hockey, you get through uh, some junior B hockey where you're playing for the uh, Niagara Falls Canucks, Brampton Warriors, and uh, instead of going the major junior route, you decide to go to the University of Minnesota. You become a Golden Gopher. Uh, but uh, tell me about you know what what's uh, steered you in that direction, and also part B of the question is. You played three years with a guy named Mike Gensel, who happens to have a pretty good uh, uh, a son, a pretty good hockey player for the Penguins in uh, in Jake Gensel. You got it. So let's start with that one. There, we we uh, I was drafted in the OHL, first goaltender uh, taken in the draft, and uh, you know, growing up in Ontario, everybody wants to play in the uh, in the OHL. Obviously, I was a pretty good student. My dad always emphasized education to us. Um, once again, going back to his upbringing, being a bricklayer and a first-generation uh, uh, Italian coming to Canada here and, um, you know, not knowing how to read and write and do a lot of those little things. So school, school, school. So um, I had a ton of, of uh, opportunities to go to universities, and I got 23 scholarship offers. Didn't know I have a clue where, where I was going, you know, like I didn't even know who to visit, never mind where to go play hockey. And But I went to Minnesota first. And um, it was just everything I dreamed of. It was just, you know, Herb Brooks had just left there. The, the Team USA thing was just, uh, I went in 82, and 1980 was the miracle on ice, right? Sure, so sure. Um, just I, I fell in love with it, knew it was, it was for me, and uh, was fortunate enough to, to spend four years there. And there you go with Mike Genzel. I was in Mike Genzel's wedding party, believe it or not. No we way. Good, yeah, we were very good friends. He's a year older than I am. Um, but uh, asked me, him and Sally asked me to be their wedding party, and I was honored, and it was great to see them a couple of years ago. Well, a few years ago, when the Penguins won the uh, the cup last. That is fantastic. Uh, I, I didn't know how close you were, but uh, yeah, Mike is a great hockey guy, and and obviously his son has uh, become quite a player and a quite Absolutely. a goal scorer for the Penguins. Hey, Frankie, let's take our first break. When we come out of the break, I want to uh, ask you about being drafted by the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, and taking a bit of the scenic route, if you will, to get to the National Hockey League and live your dream and eventually win the Stanley Cup. So let's take our first break with Frank Peter Angelo. You're listening to Good Hockey Talk here. On 105.9, the X. Welcome back to Good Talkie Talk here at 105.9, the X. I'm Phil Bork, and I will be your host here for the next half hour of Good Old Fashioned Hockey Talk. My guest in this segment of our show is Penguins goaltender Frank Peterangelo. Frankie, take me back to the 1983 draft. You are taken fourth overall, the first player taken in the fourth round. Um, you know, I, I found it interesting that. You were the third goalie taken in that draft. You had Tommy Barrasso taken in the first round, fifth overall by Buffalo. You had Alan Bester taken in the third round by Toronto. And then you. Uh, what do you remember about that day? Were you excited to be taken in the fourth round by Pittsburgh? Did you expect to go higher? Did you expect to go lower? Tell me what you remember about that day. Well, back then, uh, you know, I didn't have an agent. So, like, it wasn't something that was really uh, a sought after big deal you know like it was uh i went to university it was my first year at minnesota and i knew i was going to get drafted i just didn't have no clue when where who i didn't talk to any teams like i said no representation so when i was drafted by the penguins uh you know didn't know i had mixed emotions didn't have any clue what what to think you know a close team but pittsburgh never you know what did they win before before the you know the, the 2000 years here and or the early 90s i guess we should say now um so you know just a shock to the system that I'm finally an NHL draft choice and let's see where it takes me kind of thing. I guess that's all I can say about that. Yeah, you spent some time. I mean, you and I were together in Muskegon. You played in Muskegon. You were up and down, up and down. Uh, and then in, uh, 
you know, 90-91, you end up playing 25 games that year. You know, Tom Barrasso, obviously the number one guy. Uh, before I ask you about, you know, where I'm going to go with this one, about the save, I mean, we have to talk about that, Frankie. But I just want to quickly ask you, because I had Wendell Young on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he had nothing but great things to say about Tom Barrasso. They were roommates on the road, and he said, you know, Tommy never, you know, thought of me as a threat, so maybe that's why we got along so well. But I was wondering what, what your relationship was like with Tommy. Yeah, I think I had a little bit of a different relationship with Tommy. You know, I, I wanted to play hockey, and I wanted to be a number one goalie, and I wanted to star in the NHL and all the rest of that stuff. And, um, you know, so that that was my ambition. I think he knew that, you know. So yeah. that next to him um, for, for most of my time in Pittsburgh, I got a sore neck because he was on my left, so I was always looking at my right where Trotz was on the other side of me. And um, Yeah, it was, a, it was some friction there, um, having said that. You know, Tommy Tommy was a great goaltender. Obviously, uh, you're not winning the Stanley Cup without great goaltending, and we all know what he did in Pittsburgh. So had the respect for him as far as that goes. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. Fair enough, Frankie. Fair enough. Hey, I always wondered, why do you wear number 40? Well, when I came to camp the first year, I was the last guy invited to camp. I had number 64, believe it or not. <laughs> guys in camp, what a horrible number. number. So, believe it or not, I made the team out of camp, even wearing number 64 and being the last guy on the list. So, um, when it came down, down to our exhibition games, they gave me a number 40, and we went to Montreal Forum. And you know, Bubs, we never won in Montreal, and we won the game. We won the exhibition game there, and I didn't think it was a big deal because, you know, I'm supposed to win games. That's, that's my job as a goalie. And then afterwards, realized that, hey, guys, like the, the, the Penguins never went in the Forum, you know, whatever. And so I, I just stuck with it. Nobody else had 40. I figured it'd be a, a number that I could keep for the rest of my career. Um, I think I was the first goalie to ever wear number 40, and oh. now you look, there's tons of them, right? Yeah, right. Wow, that's a great story. All right, let's get to the safe. Um, let's, you know, first round against New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey won uh, game number five in Pittsburgh. They're up 3-2 in the series. We go to the Meadowlands. Uh, we're up 2-1 in the first. I-, I didn't realize this. Well, Tommy was out with a shoulder injury, I think, and Cough, Paul Coffey was out with an eye injury. Uh, uh, the reason why we were shorthanded was, was <laughs> did you get a, a delay, a game penalty? I did. I What'd you do? Oh, you sh- came, I shot the puck over the glass <laughs> One of these guys asked me on a question the other day. You guys were shorthanded. I said, yeah, yeah, we're killing the penalty. Do you know why you were shorthanded? I said, well, not really. Well, you took a penalty, so I had to go watch it again. So <laughs> wow. I, I shot the puck. You, you remember my, my finesse with the puck, Forky. So, you know, it <laughs> didn't always go where I wanted it to go, right? I was no Tommy Barrasso, <laughs> put it that way. No, you were no Ron Hextall either. That's okay. That's right. You, you did some other things really well. Um, and I know you've told the story many, many times, but we have to talk about it. The save on Stasny with the wide open net. I didn't realize your trapper, which is a kind of a Canadian term for the catching glove, it was a Heaton. Where is the a Heaton? Nobody knows what the brand is. It, it's not Bauer. It's not CCM. It's, it was a Heaton glove. Uh, why did you use the Heaton Trapper? Where is that glove now? And then, I mean, if you can, in about 30 seconds, just give us your, your thoughts, what was going through your head when you threw the leather out there and robbed Stastny. Well, the Heaton glove, that came from Brian Heaton. There was Brian's equipment, and then Brian, he was partners with somebody else, and they had some type of legal thing and so anyway it turned out to be heating so that that's where that one came from the glove is sitting right here borky to be honest with you really i'm not a big collector of uh, memorabilia but this is something for some reason i've kept forever and wow. it's sitting here right in my on my counter so um that one really doesn't uh, doesn't move very far but back to the save you know is just my son's a goaltender well was a goaltender and he always told me well dad if your rebound control is a little bit better you never <laughs> would have to make the save and, <laughs> 
but there was a slight deflection right in front of it, as you remember, Borky, and, yeah. you know, Stassi just went there, and uh, when you watch the, the the replays, I mean, the whole stands, they're all standing up already. He had, he had a wide-open net, yeah. and he wanted to put in Mr. Heaton, I guess, eh, Bubs? Oh, that's tremendous. That's so good. That's unbelievable that you still have the glove, too. You should have it, man, because it's legendary. Still, you know, kids now, this second and third generation of kids being Penguins fans, they still know about the save. Thanks to YouTube, right? Uh, you know, no, equally, yeah, equally as remarkable is a couple nights later, game number seven at home, you pitch a shutout for nothing. But Frankie, if you can kind of quickly sum up, you know, just your time, you played some other places, you went to Hartford, you went overseas, but can you kind of sum up the specialness of that team and, and the unique chemistry? Did you ever find it anywhere else on any other team you're on that we had here in Pittsburgh? No, never. And, you know, Borky, I've been blessed. I've been on nothing but winning teams, right from, like you mentioned, University of Minnesota, Niagara Falls. Like all my teams, I went to Europe. We won championships all over the place. Yeah. As a coach, I've done nothing but one. Nothing compares to the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I, I try to use this analogy all the time with my, my players right now. And people always say, you know, you win and you become a family. And I always said, no, we won because we were a family. We loved each other. And you know that, Borky. We grew up with each other, like you mentioned, Muskegon. A lot of us were together down there. Uh, the ups and the downs, mostly downs before we started winning. But we cared about each other. We knew each other's families, our wives, our girlfriends, our kids, and uh, parents, and brothers, and sisters. And it was just a great, um, great, great atmosphere around the Penguins. And, and uh, something that I cherish forever. I'm, I'm a Penguin at heart forever. You know that, Borky. Wow, that's tremendous. And you're right. We were like family, and it's funny. Here we go, 30 years later. And uh, Frankie, talking to you now is like 30 years ago. It, something, it, some things just never change. We play with hundreds and hundreds of other players, but something about winning a championship and the chemistry we had in that room, we'll have it till the day we die. Let's take our final break, uh, Frankie, and uh, you kind of teed it up a little bit. You teased it a little bit, as we call in the business of what you're doing now uh, in Niagara Falls about coach and owner of a, of a hockey team there. I want to talk a little bit about your family, too, because your daughter, Paige, has a close uh, a connection here to Pittsburgh. He's Frank Angelo, and I'm Phil Bork, and you're listening to Good Hockey Talk here at 105.9 The X. Welcome back to Good Hockey Talk here at 105.9 The X. I am Phil Bork here with former Penguins goaltender Frank Angelo. Frankie, uh, you talked about it a little bit before we went to break. You are now the uh, owner and coach of the Niagara um, Niagara Falls Canucks. It's a junior B team. Um, how did you get into it, and uh, what's it like? And I, I believe it's a bit of a family affair, right? Your wife Kim's involved, and you, you said your son Dylan, he's also involved as the goaltending coach? That's right, Bob. So what happened was about 10 years ago, uh, uh, the Masterson family owned the, the, the team, and they'd owned it for 40 years, and they, they, it was time for them to move on. And so this team has been around for 50 years now. This is our 50, 50th year anniversary, wow. and there's only been three owners. I'm the third. Wow. So it just shows you the longevity and the success that the program has had. So, and, I, and I was a Canuck myself um, back in the day. But anyway, they asked me if I wanted to step in, and, and I did. Um, I love it. it it's a be, you know, coaching is the best thing. It's a, the next best thing to playing, obviously. It just keeps you in the game and keeps all those juices, competitive juices going. And Kim does all the off-ice. I do all the on-ice. My son Dylan's our goalie coach, and um, away we go. Well, and talk about your, your daughter, Paige. Uh, I bumped into her a couple times in the Penguins' offices. She was doing some interning there. She's also a, a heck of an athlete, from what I understand, Frankie. Uh, she went to RMU, where she was a hockey player. Uh, I believe in the 11-12 season, she was the captain. She was a pretty good soccer player, basketball player. And I believe if she's still in the Pittsburgh area, I think she earned a, a teaching degree, right? 
Yeah, she's in Pennsylvania, but she's in uh, Williamsport now. Okay. Um, so, but yes, went to RMU, was the captain there, had nothing but success. And, you know, when she went on her visit to RMU, she came home and said, Dad, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, RMU. And I said, well, it doesn't work like that. they got to offer you a scholarship <laughs> first. Goes, well, that's my goal. I'm going to be there. So wow. both her and my other daughter, Jessica, were born in Pittsburgh. Uh, so they're Pittsburgh uh, people uh, through and through. And, uh yeah, she's still in PA. It's it's unfortunate the way things have gone the, this last little while with this pandemic that we haven't got a chance to get over there. But uh, I'm looking forward to getting down there as soon as I can. And talk about your your son Dylan. Uh, did he go to Brock University? So Dylan went to Brock University. Yeah. Uh, he played for me here. He went to the uh, University of Southern Maine on a scholarship as okay. well. Uh, hurt hurt his knee, which which ended his career. But um, now he's my goalie coach and uh, um, doing very well for himself. Yes. And, you know, a lot of people ask me uh, about your uh, connection with Alex, uh, and he pronounces his last name a little bit different than you. So can you kind of clear the air? I believe you guys are cousins. I'm not sure if it's first, second, or third cousins, but he pronounces his last name. It's spelled the same as you, but he doesn't say Peter Angelo. He says Pieter Angelo. So what's what's going yeah, on there? Yeah. yeah, he's a little messed up. <laughs> you, you know, the Perfect. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. So, but anyway, his his dad Joe and me are first cousins. So Alex, tremendous hockey player. I was hoping the Penguins would pick him up one day. He's giving me another excuse to yeah. head down there a little more often. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So he goes with Petrangelo. Um, and I told him, once you win the Stanley Cup, Alex, you can call you, yourself anything you want. Well, sure enough, he was captain and lifted the Stanley Cup. So now I got, I got no comeback for that one anymore, Borky. He can do whatever he wishes. Wow, yeah, he's a heck of a hockey player, and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights are very lucky to have him, and I wouldn't be surprised if he raises uh, Lord Stanley again. Uh, keep it in the family, man. Why not? The, you know how good the parties are. Uh, Frankie, I know you and I have talked in the past that you were doing some uh, agent stuff, especially with players mm-hmm. overseas, because you mentioned that you played in Italy, you played in the Deutsche Ice Hockey League in Germany, uh, also in uh, England for the Manchester Storm. So you you had all those connections that you made overseas. Are you doing any more of the agent stuff? Or are you still are you pouring all your your energies into what's going on there in Niagara Falls with the the Junior B team? Yeah, my my efforts are strictly with the the junior team here. Um, but you know, obviously, meet, meeting all these people over there, it, it, it opens doors for for players to go to the next level. And that's something I did want to say, Borky, is that anybody's listening here, you got young guys between 16 and 21 years old that are looking for a great opportunity to come play hockey. Look me up. Look up the Niagara Falls Canucks and come up here and see. I mean, we, we get players to the OHL, to the NCAA, and then obviously pro, you know, whether they want to go to Europe or play pro hockey. It's a great opportunity. It's really good hockey. And another uh, former penguin mike bullard is another coach in our league so the coaching is really good you know and um hope to see some of these guys come up here last one for you is how is the pandemic how you know COVID? how has it affected your business Uh, how are things going up there for you yeah it's been terrible phil i mean you know we were going uh, heading back into a lockdown here and kind of strange because we're watching our toronto blue jays play in texas and there's forty thousand people in the stadium there and here, the Toronto Blue Jays are playing out of Florida because they can't even, you know, host teams here in Ontario. So it hasn't been good for for anything. You know, there's a lot of people have passed, which we know, and it's just a terrible thing. Let, let's hope for better days. They, they Borky, it's not good. I hear you, Frankie. Better days have got to be ahead. Uh, you know, the sun is shining here in Pittsburgh, and uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, gives us uh, hope to uh, we get back to normal, man, and uh, hope yep. your business uh, gets back to normal. Hope to see you down here in Pittsburgh, Frankie. The city loves you. It's more than just a save. You know that. There's, uh, 
you know, when you become a Pittsburgh Penguin, you get out in the community and people, and you're, you, you became a Pittsburgh guy. I know you were born. Your birth certificate says Niagara Falls, Ontario. But, you know, people want you to have Labatt's <laughs> beer and uh, some pierogies and uh, welcome you into your home. But, Frankie, you'll always be considered a Pittsburgh Penguin. Congratulations on, uh, or I should say, happy anniversary, 30 years since we won the Stanley Cup. Thanks for doing this, buddy. You got it, Borky. Love it. All right. That's Frank Peterangelo. And you just listened to Good Hockey Talk here on 105.9 The X. Good night, everyone. See you at the rink.